All right, so moving into the lesson, I am so excited about what God is doing where the worship is concerned. Um, it's been so wonderful, especially these last couple of weeks. The songs that he has chosen um, wouldn't be what I would call worship. You know, we think of worship, oh, hallelujah, God's so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus, glory to God, you know, and, and just worshiping him for who he is and, and invoking his presence and all of that. And worship is that. And the Lord, he's taken me in a different direction these last couple of weeks. If you'll remember last week, last week it was a song by Andre Crouch, Through It All, the Williams Brothers, still here, C.C. Winans, Belief For It. Well, this week it was, well, those songs spoke to humility and action. They spoke to standing on the authority of God's word, getting in a place to just trust God's word, to lean on him, to depend on him, to give him complete authority in our lives to stand on him. And it, it came from a place of being rather than a place of doing. And that place of being was, I don't have it, Lord. I can't do it, Lord. I need your help, Lord. The only way this will get done is you. And with everything else going crazy, with all this other stuff coming against me, God, I know it was you. And so my being is being totally dependent on you. This week, the songs were Fred Hammond, Destiny. I want my destiny. I don't want half or nothing short of everything that you made me to be and want me to be. I want my destiny. And it was a song by the uh, Gaither Vocal Band, and it was a children's song, I Am a Promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I'm a great big bundle of potentiality. I can, and it goes, and I can do what God says I can do. I can go where he says I can go. It's just, I, I am a promise. He spoke me. He made me. I am a promise. So this is going to, I am everything that he created me to be. And then the third song was C.C. Winans, Worthy. He called you worthy. So be worthy. Be who God called you to be. Be what God called you to be. These are all words that God has spoken over us, and, and it comes from a place of humility. The definition that we've been using is having a realistic view of our importance in the sight of God and in comparison to God. These songs spoke to our importance in the sight of God. God saw us and he called us what he called us. So in the sight of God, that is who we are. We should see ourselves as he sees us. That's a realistic view of our importance. And that's the place that the worship came from today. And it was, and it was so wonderful. I was so tickled to find the song, I Am a Promise. And, and I know it's a children's song, but it was so great to hear it because don't we come to God with that childlike faith? Don't we come to God just believing in him, trusting in him, and, you know, think of a father telling his child to jump. The child just jumps into daddy's arms. Uh oh, oh, good, my water's closed. Just jumps into daddy's arms. No fear of falling, because of course daddy's going to catch me. And have you ever seen a child? <laughs> 
Okay, I'm thinking of the Cosby show when Cliff was teaching Rudy how to ride the bike and Cliff let Rudy fall. Rudy got mad. You let me fall. You let me fall. Daddy's not supposed to let me fall. She got mad at daddy for letting her fall because there's no expectation that we're going to fall when we're in daddy's arms. That's how we should be. And praise God that scripture is coming to me right now in uh, Jude 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's turn to that. Let's turn to that Jude. That's the book right before Revelation. And we'll just read verses 24 and 25. Hallelujah. Let me know when you have it and I'll read it. Jude, what? Verses 24 and 25. Okay. Okay, King James. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, right? And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. It's his pleasure to present us faultless. He's not holding anything against us. To the only wise God, our Savior, the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. We just bless him. He's able to keep us. And if you read the scripture in the context of um, the entire chapter, let me just read verse one to you. This is Jude. He says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. This chapter is written to us who are sanctified. And it's talking about how sin is running rampant in the world and it gives um, examples of how even when the children, God saved everybody in Egypt, brought them out to the wilderness, but he destroyed those that didn't believe. You know, there was Sodom and Gomorrah. He burned them up because they wouldn't get right. And, you know, all the sin running rampant in the world and the world is going to get what's coming to them. But we are sanctified. Hallelujah. We're sanctified from the world. We're sanctified to God. And he tells us to contend for the faith. Don't, don't, don't go over into that. Contend for the faith. Give it all you've got. Believe until the very end. And guess what? Even in this big, ugly, dark, dangerous, dirty world, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling into the world. He's able to keep you. He who sanctified you is able to keep you sanctified if you choose to be sanctified. Amen. Yeah. Can I say something about what yeah. you read yeah. and what you just said? Yeah. I think I've expressed this to you before, but um, this whole process that we're going through the COVID and, and the taking our country back. Yes. Um, I see it. I see it that it, that, you know, 
it's going to happen because we're going to get our country back because we're, we're really working at taking our place more and more and more people are seeing it. But what I get scared about or, and really what I remind myself about is that, okay, we get our country back. Now what? You know, yes. That that it's not to get our country back; it's to get our country back. What does it take to keep our country? And we know that you know the church wasn't vigilant, and we know that we have to be. And we see all these this stuff that is coming at us has been very slyly planned. It's got planning. It's got real effort. Um. And the effort is to knock the church off of its balance. And, you know, kind of like the old jousting uh, competitions where, you know, you fall into the water and that's, you know, it's over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the message has got to go out. These are the things that we have to do. These are the things that we have to keep doing. Mm-hmm. That when we get our country back, we can't ease up. There's just times when I just feel like I just have to pray because it feels so, so bad to look at what's going on. And I just have to, um, I don't know what the word is, but kind of like secure myself in the word and just do it. And um, so I just, I just noticed that as you read those verses, those scriptures. Yes. And um, speaking about COVID, this week makes the anniversary week. I'll say the, the one year mark that it was really shelter in place. I remember I had just gotten back to the island and um, I was there for about a week before they shut everything down. So this is that anniversary week of COVID. And I remember when I started praying, and this is before the Dominion Task Force, but my prayer from the very beginning was, Lord, don't let us come back out until we get the point. In other words, don't let restrictions be lifted. Everything's going back to normal. Um, You know, people aren't worried about COVID anymore and everything for them to go back to doing the same things that they were doing. It's just like what you said, Shalom, okay, we get our country back and then what? We've got to keep doing what we've got to do to keep our country. And it's the same way that that was my prayer with COVID, Lord, don't let us go through this and come out of it and miss the point. And there was a time when COVID had started to go down, but then, it, it, it escalated higher than it was before. And it was because people were going back to the same old way. And now the Dominion Task Force is on the scene and God gives us our target. In dealing with the natural pandemic of COVID, we need to deal with the spiritual pandemic of pride. And some revelations that I've gotten in the last couple of days, one came from something Shalom said. She was talking about something else, but it happened to mention 
COVID and the natural body. But when she said the word body, my ears go straight to body of Christ. I think you were speaking that your body's supposed to be healthy or your body is healed, something you were speaking about the body. And as you were talking about it, I just heard the body of Christ. And it so resonated because in this whole COVID ordeal, we're not praying for the COVID. We're praying for the body. When we are dealing with sickness in our natural body, we understand that we are not the sick trying to get healed. We are the healed standing against sickness. So when I look at this COVID in the spiritual, it's not the body being taken over by COVID. It's the body standing against COVID. And then this morning I was in a meeting and one of the gentlemen brought up COVID and how it's on his, his heart to pray. But he said, you know, it was just a conviction from the Holy Spirit that everybody is criticizing the vaccine. Nobody's thanking God for the vaccine. And when he said vaccine, I heard a vaccine for the body of Christ. And what is that? Humility, <laughs> fear of the Lord. It's, and I'm like, wow, Lord, I hadn't even seen it that way. So we, as the body, need to continue to take our humility vaccine so that we will do what the Lord tells us to do with that shalom, what you're saying, so we can stick to it, even when we don't want to stick to it, so that we can carry out what the Lord has for us. Um, so that was just all very interesting to me. I'd like to say something to that. Yes. Um, I probably should have spoken of this as a testimony. Okay. But in the last two weeks or so, I have gotten such an increase in the in the sense of um, there is no distance in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And That seems to add to this um, strength or something that is awakening in me that even as you were talking right now, you know, about the the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can identify more with the body of Christ because it's identifying with the spirit yeah. of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting to understand there is no distance in the spirit. So that, I mean, I am in the, in the body of Christ I didn't understand how I was, but I kept saying it. And, you know, I kept, you know, believe, you know, I am, I am not righteous, but in Christ, I have been made righteous. And, you know, there's a difference between being righteous and being made righteous because when you're made righteous, you know you didn't do it. And 
and it only takes place, that righteousness only takes place when you are in Christ, which not in Jesus, I think I really had to separate that out, but in Christ, in the anointing. It's the anointing that I seem to be coming in closer relationship with. And yes, you know, that was in Jesus, on Jesus, around Jesus. But like someone sometimes says, you know, Christ is not Jesus's last name. It's Jesus, the anointed one. And so in that understanding that in the spirit, there is no distance. In the anointing, there is no distance. I mean, you can get healed watching TV or putting your hands on the screen as much as you could if you were in the sanctuary where, or wherever the service is being held. And I'm starting to really catch that. And so when, when I talk about keeping our country and you know, the, what it takes to get our country back and then to keep our country back. And prayer is certainly a large part of it. And there's no distance. The feeling of like my country someplace. No, my country here now. Because the Holy Spirit is in the now. And Jesus was in the now. And that's in eternity. Because it's now. And now is always eternity. And there isn't, a, uh, there isn't a tomorrow in eternity, it's now. So I've, I've just kind of learned these things and I try to use these things to sustain myself to just keep doing what I've been doing because, it, okay, it's worked this far. And there's no reason to think that it won't work further. Mm-hmm. So it's not broken. So that's that's it. Okay. Um, I'm so glad you said that. I love how God does this. Okay. We're going to explore this together. Holy Spirit is just showing this to me. Um, turn to Genesis chapter 41. We'll get to it in a minute. But turn to Genesis chapter 41. And I'll tell you further in a moment. So we're studying about humility, having a realistic import, uh, a realistic view of our own importance. And humility says, I am who God says I am. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. The reason the Lord had me to play those songs today. Destiny, I am a promise, worthy. I explained how it's the worship. It's the worship of being and not the worship of doing. Let me go back and and say a little bit more about that. You know, again, we think worship, waving hands, praising God, hallelujah. You know, when I was working on my degree, God told me, he says, your research is your worship. In other words, what he was saying was in the midst of doing what you do, you are worshiping me because this is what I've given you to do in this moment. 
this is what I've given you to do at this time. And your doing it is worship to me because you're being all that I want you to be in this moment. You're being all that I want you to be in this assignment. You are agreeing with me about what you can do because I have said that you can do it. That is worship. Today during worship, he showed me the picture of, or before worship, he showed me the picture of Lucifer when he was in heaven, the most beautiful angel. How just every time he moved, he made music. His very being, he didn't have to do anything. He just went about moving as he would normally move. I'm doing these dramatic movements, but he could just be walking or whatever angels do, flying or, or whatever, floating. And he would just make music because it's who he was. And that was worship to God. So when we are who God says we are, that is worship to God. Before I make my statement, I want you to keep ponder that for a moment while I find the scripture. Ponder that for a moment. Okay. All right. So let's look at Genesis chapter 41. And we're going to start at 37. Shalom, you made a statement. And I just want you to, to hear it through the ears of the spirit. Okay. And, and you've said this a lot and it's gotten you to where you are. And I understand that. But now God wants me to just fill in a faith gap for you, okay? You say, and it's for all of us. This is the lesson he wanted us to have tonight. This very thing that we're talking about is what God wanted us to do. You said, I am not righteous. I have been made righteous. And when I know that I've been made righteous, I know that I didn't do it myself. And that is true. That is great. You know that you didn't do it yourself. But now it's time to take that to the next level. I just want to ask you this. If God made you righteous, then what are you? Hold on to that. Let's read in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, I mean chapter 41 starting at verse 37. Are you there? Yes. Okay. In the King James, it says, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. This is after Joseph um, interpreted the dream for him about the seven years of leanness and the seven years of fatness. And Pharaoh says, it's good. Now verse 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the spirit of God is? So they're recognizing that God is doing this, not Joseph. So that goes in line with what you said too. Verse 39, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Oh my goodness, let's read that again. Thou shalt be over my house, 
and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Verse 41, this is what I want to get to. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. What did Pharaoh do to Joseph? He said, I'm above all the land in Egypt. So where is Joseph? He's the second in charge. So where is he? Just use the same words. Where did Pharaoh put him? Where did Pharaoh set him? I'm looking. Um, Verse 41. Over all the land of Egypt. And so where is Joseph? Over all the land of Egypt. Yes. You say it like that's a matter of fact. Catherine, why are you asking me this? Well, it's the same thing. God has made you righteous. So what are you? I'm righteous. You're righteous. And I feel the anointing. God made you righteous, therefore you are righteous. In the words um, uh, of the song by, I was to say by Whitney Houston, by C.C. Winans, Worthy, it said, he created us worthy, so let's be worthy. How pleased with Joseph do you think Pharaoh would have been if Pharaoh said, Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. But then Joseph turns around and lets all these people run over him. How pleased do you think Pharaoh would have been with his decision? He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been because Joseph wouldn't have been living up to who Pharaoh said he was. And I can hear this conversation. I'm not saying, I, I can hear this conversation. Let me just, just, just play this out with me. Joseph, why are you letting these people tell you what to do? Well, because they, you know, I'm new here and I'm this, but Joseph, didn't I tell you that you're in charge? Didn't I, so you're gonna disrespect me? You're not gonna believe me? My word doesn't mean anything to you? I put you in charge. You're in charge. Be in charge. Wear it. Own it. Celebrate it. That's what humility is. Walking in the authority that we're given, doing what God has given us to do, and doing it unapologetically. So if, if God's word says that we have been made righteous, yes, he made us righteous. So guess what? If he made us righteous, then we need to do what? Be righteous. Be righteous. And we can be righteous because what? We are righteous. We are righteous because he made us that way. He made us righteous. Yeah, I just want to let that sink in for a minute. And I'm listening to where Holy Spirit wants me to go from here. Um, there are a couple of different ways. <laughs> um, pray with me in the spirit for a moment. 
Yeah, okay. So let's go to let's go to John chapter one, verse one, and I'd like for you to read this one, please. Which um King James what? King James, please. Okay. John chapter one. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right. So the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So God and His Word are one, right? Yes, inseparable. Inseparable. So if... Okay, so they are one and the same, right? Yes. Okay, so let's turn to um, Numbers, chapter 23. This will be out of the King James. And I would like for you to read verse 19, please. In what chapter? 23. Actually, instead of reading it in the King James, if you could read it in the Amplified Classic, I'd appreciate that. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should tell or act as a lie neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised has he said and shall he not do it or has he spoken and shall not make it good amen amen i'm going to go back and I'm just going to read that first part again because you added a word, which changes it just a little bit. It's stronger without the extra word. It says, God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie. You said act as a lie. He's not a man that he should tell or act a lie. So in John chapter 1, verse 1, we establish that God and his word are the same, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so now here... In Numbers 29, it says, God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie, neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. Let's substitute the word, God and the word, his word, what he has spoken, right? Okay. Okay. So God's word, the word is not a man that he should tell or act a lie, neither the son of man, that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. So the word does not tell or act a lie. The word does not repent or have compunction for what it has promised. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 
Second Corinthians five. Yes. All right. So, um, so verse twenty-one is saying, "For our sake, He, God, made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through Him we might become endued with and viewed as being in and examples of." the righteousness of God, the very reason that God made Jesus to become sin is so that he could make us righteous. This is God's word speaking to us. So if we, if this is saying, oh, and then it's talking about the righteousness of God, the Amplified Classic defines it, defines the righteousness of God as what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. That is what it means to be the righteousness of God. God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin, so that we would be made the righteousness of God, so that we would be made what we ought to be, so that we would be made approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. Again, no goodness of our own, right? It's what you said. We've been made right. righteous. Now, this is God's word speaking to us. Am I right? Yes. All right. So we have established in John chapter 1, verse 1, that God is his word. We looked at Numbers twenty three nineteen that says, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. So we could also say that God's word does not lie. God's word does not repent, which means change its mind. And now we're looking at God's word that says, because Jesus became sin for us, we were made to be righteous. This is God's word. This is God himself speaking. So what can we say about this word? Is it true or is it not? It's true. Is it going to change or is it not? It's not going to change. Not going to change. <laughs> it's not going to change. So, if God calls us righteous, what should we call ourselves? Righteous. Righteous. Because, and, and I understand what you were saying. I do. But now we're looking at it in the context of humility. And humility is having a realistic view of our importance in the sight of God. In the sight of God, we are righteous. So if we're going to walk in humility where this truth is concerned, then we must call ourselves righteous. That's us aligning with God's word. Now watch this. The other definition of humility is having a realistic view of ourselves in comparison to God. Yes? Okay. In comparison to God, are we like him or are we not like him? Oh, we're like him. He made us in his image. That's right. And is he a righteous God or an unrighteous God? He's a righteous God. So if we are created in his image and we are like him, 
we're walking in humility, having a realistic, a realistic view of our importance in comparison to him, what do we say about ourselves? I am righteous or I am not righteous? I am righteous. I am important to him. Yes, you are righteous and you are important to him. But you are righteous. I want you to grab hold of that. I, I, I'm, so I'm just going to speak to the spirit that I hear. You don't have to justify that. You're already justified through Jesus. They call you righteous. As a matter of fact, thank you, Jesus. Um, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. God really wants you to get this tonight. I love how he loves us. Um, he told me in preparation for Bible study, um, I have a whole lesson. I have a whole couple of lessons written out. But he said, tonight, I just want to have a conversation. Okay, so 1 Corinthians? Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Well, actually, we'll start with verse 29. King James, please. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written he that glorieth let him glory in the lord okay so now let's go back and really look at what he said we're talking about being the righteousness of god and saying that it's okay to say i am the righteousness of god because god made me righteous therefore i am righteous you said when you said, you said, I am righteous. I am important to him. Yes, you are righteous. Yes, you are important to him. But right now, God really wants you to get confidence in the truth that you are righteousness in him. And that that statement can stand on its own. Here we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. You spoke to that. I'm the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus, by the anointed one and his anointing, by Christ Jesus. Who of God? Now, God, who of God is made unto us? God made Jesus unto us wisdom and what? And righteousness. And righteousness. So just like we have been made the righteousness of God, Jesus has been made by God wisdom and righteousness unto us and sanctification unto us and redemption unto us. Jesus all is all of these things for us. Now he lives in us. We live in him. He was made sin so we could be made righteous. We are righteous. God's word calls us righteous. God is one with his word. God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Neither is his word. 
a man that it should lie or son of man that it should repent. It's not going to lie. It's not going to say anything untrue and it's not going to change its mind. It's not going to change its purpose in your life. Just We've been talking so long about giving God first place and supreme authority, acknowledging God's authority, giving his word first place and supreme authority, cooperating with his word. Now he's saying, take me at my word. Not just about things in general, not just about things on the outside of you, not just about things that I'm saying are going to happen, but about what I say about you. Take me at my word about what I say about you. And yes, I'm talking to you, Shalom, because you are here, but I'm speaking to everybody who's listening. I'm speaking to myself. So I just want you to know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take me at my word, what I say about you. So going back to those songs, I want my destiny. I don't want to be half or nothing short of what you made me to be or want me to be. I look around, I see my destiny. I see everything that you have for me. And I'm going to be everything that you want me to be simply because you say I am, because that's the only way I'm going to access everything that you have for me. That's humility. I am a promise. I can go anywhere. I can do anything. I can be anything that God wants me to be. I am a promise. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. And then worthy. He called you worthy, so be worthy. And as a matter of fact, let me go back. I wrote down a couple more lyrics that she said. She said, um, he gave his only son's life. So two millennia later, we can walk in that light. You know, light, right? Revelation, spiritual understanding. Let's not let anything strip us of that right. Let's be worthy. He called us worthy. Let's be worthy. Let's be everything that he said we are. And that word worthy doesn't mean um, deserving of it. Worthy means that you behave in proportion to the, the gifting or, or whatever was bestowed upon you. If you are invited to a, a feast, by a king and you only sit down and eat some breadsticks and drink water. That's not pleasing to the king. You were not worthy of the vocation to which you were called. You were not worthy of the vocation of the invitation that you were invited with because you didn't take advantage. You didn't enjoy, you didn't occupy, you didn't, none of that. So when we are worthy, we'll go to the feast, be like Esther who ate at Boaz's table. She ate until she was satisfied and then she took a doggy bag. The doggy bag was for Esther, I mean, it was for Naomi. But you know how some of us would get, be like, oh, you know, I, already, I don't, I don't wanna eat too much because I don't want them to think I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't wanna think I'm needy. I don't wanna eat too much. And then even if I do eat, I don't wanna take the doggy bag. Even though it's for Naomi, I, I don't want them to think that I'm taking it for me. You know, that pride gets in the way. Mm -mm. It said, uh, I mean, Ruth, I'm saying, yeah, Ruth. Ruth ate and was satisfied. She got full. And then she took a doggy bag to Naomi. 
that was worthy of Boaz's invitation. And that's how God wants us to be at this table that he has set before us in the presence of our enemies. Glory to God. He wants us to leave nothing on the table. He wants us to receive all that he has for us. So if he told us that he's made us worthy, let's be worthy. Oh, God, you said I have authority over this. Well, let me take my authority over that. Oh, God, you said this belongs to me. I take it in the name of Jesus. That's humility. As opposed to false humility. That's, that's what people, fall, okay, so false humility is what people often call humility, you know, thinking lowly of themselves. But they're thinking lowly of themselves in comparison to people, not in comparison to God. When we think of ourselves lowly in comparison to God, again, it's not unworthy. It's God, my creator, God, my father, God, ruler of everything. I, 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 without you, am nothing. That's what we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his sight. And then verse 31 says, so if we glory, glory in the Lord. But the way that we glory in the Lord is that we be everything that he says we are. And we take dominion over everything that he says we have dominion over. And we take possession over everything that he says we can have. So I, I know what you meant. And I know your heart when you say, I am not worthy. I have been made worthy. I, and when I say I have been made worthy, then I know that I, um, I didn't do it myself. Yes, that is a way to keep ourselves totally dependent on God. But at the same time, we must say that we are who he says we are. Otherwise, it's still false humility. Okay. And now I want to, I want to close out the lesson with this. This is what God gave me during worship. And it is um, 1 Corinthians, no, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And uh, I think I'd like it out of the King James. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of god by us amen unto the glory of god by us unto the glory of god by us glory by us by us being who he says we are now i want to thank um Let's now read it in the in the Amplified Classic. I want to point something out. Ooh, this is so good. 
For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes answer in him, Christ. For this reason, we also utter the uh, amen, so be it, to God through him, in his person and by his agency, to the glory of God. Amen. So now I want you to meditate that scripture while you are listening to this song. I'm going to play the song again. But it says, for as many as are the promises of God. This song says, I am a promise. Every word of God to us is a promise, right? Because it's the truth. It doesn't lie. It doesn't change its intent or purpose in our lives. Every word that God speaks to us is a promise. And when he spoke us into existence, guess what he did? He spoke promises into the world. And when he knit us together in our mother's wombs before the foundation of the world, and when he put all of our inward parts together and put our personality in there and put when he put our emotions and that we put every part of us together guess what he was doing oh he was speaking a promise we are a promise he showed me this during worship and so now the song says i am a promise and this scripture says for as many as are the promises of god think of yourself i am a promise of god they all find their yes answer in him, Christ. For this reason, we utter the amen, the so be it to God in him. God, you created me to be this promise, amen. God, you created me to do this, amen. God, you created me to have this, amen. We also utter the amen, so be it to God through him, in his person and by his agency. So it's all his doing, as you have said, to the glory of God. God gets his glory when he is manifested through us in the earth. Glory to God. So I just want you to meditate that scripture. And I'm going to go back and play this song real quick. Since I do not own the rights to the song, I cannot play the song on this video, but I will post the lyrics to the song and read them to you. The song is called I Am a Promise, and it's by, it was written by Bill and Gloria Gaither. The lyrics are, I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise. With a capital P, I can be anything anything God wants me to be. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. And I am learning to hear God's voice and I am trying to make the right choices. I'm a promise to be anything he wants me to be. I can go anywhere that he wants me to go. I can be anything that he wants me to be. I can climb the high mountains. I can cross the white sea. I am a great big promise, you see. I am a promise. I am a possibility. 
I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a promise. I have a promise. For this reason, I give my amen, my so be it, my yes, Lord. Hallelujah. That he may be glorified. Glory to God. Does anybody have any questions or comments? I like the song. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like the song too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, good. Praise God. I think it, yeah. This, we, how you say this confirming identity and who you are and you know, it's written. It's just written, and but it's just, you know, the song ended it with, you know, we have a promise. And like this last scripture, all his promises are yes and amen. And through, uh, uh, to, what is it? Uh, through us, uh, through us to the, uh, to the glory of God. Uh, to the glory of God. Yeah, yeah, through us. Yeah. 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 And so I, I think if I heard you right, Tammy, you just said, I have a promise. Yes, I have a promise. Um, mm -hmm. and because I have a promise of what God spoke to me. I have a promise of what he said I'm going to do, what he said I am. And at the same time, realizing that I am a promise. God spoke the promise to himself. He spoke us to into existence. But we, Ephesians, that we are his inheritance. He created us for him. You know, we mm -hmm. talk about giving, getting a harvest. God wants a harvest of the seeds that he's planted. He's planted us. So we are a promise. And that, the whole, what God wants us to get out of it. Because he's telling us, where is this? Uh, yeah, it's confirmation. Like you said, Tamara, God is just really showing me how shalom i think you said it earlier but just how we've got to dig in and we've got to grab hold and keep hold because sometimes it gets tiring sometimes you know we just get tired of it sometimes but we've got to dig in we've got to hold on and there's coming a day when we are really 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 gonna have to hold on to who he said we are who he says we are and, and what he says we have and what he says we can do. He's preparing all of this. He's preparing us for a time when we're going to have to do this. <laughs> Not that we aren't doing it now, but it's like, oh, yes, he brought this saying to me sometime throughout this week. The more sweat shed in peacetime, the less blood shed in war amen so while we are tuning ourselves up to his word while we're going through the spiritual regimen building our spiritual muscles getting that framework in place that fear of the lord that humility that obedience doing that this is what this this is what is going to be oh he just showed me something he just showed me something 
So, you know, when you're going to the gym and maybe you're lifting muscles, lifting muscles, lifting weights, or you're working your core, doing your sit-ups and whatever else, you know, you're working your, whatever muscles they are, and you don't like it during that time. It doesn't feel great necessarily. And then you, you're sore afterwards, but then you notice when it's time to walk up that hill, you don't get as winded as you used to get. Your muscles don't hurt as much as they used to. You're not even trying as hard as you used to try because you're, you're, you're fit. You're more fit for it. And that's what God is doing for us spiritually. He's getting us more fit for what's coming. And when there's going to be a day that it's even harder than it is now to sanctify ourselves, it's going to be par for the course for us. There's going to come a day, all of this that we're studying. And right now he wanted us to know, he wants us to know, take him at his word with what he is saying about us. And I just camped out on the righteousness of God because that's what Shalom brought up. Um, but really, <laughs> yeah, God showed me that. He showed me that. I'm so amazed at what he's, he showed me that. So Shalom, I'm sorry if it feels like I was picking on you. I was not picking on you. But I do want you to stay and catch what he's saying in the moment because it was for you. You brought it up, you brought it out. Um, but it applies to anything that God has said about us anything but we we need to know that he and his and we know this we might even know this but we need to know this that god and his word are one god will not lie his word will not lie his word about me will not lie his word about me is true his word about me doesn't change and he wants us to really anchor ourselves in that because that's going to be very important in the days and times to come amen amen all right um does anybody have any comments just thank you for the teaching praise god <laughs>